0: Hey guys, we just r- just wrapped up our second episode, episode 2 of the 435 podcast. We're doing the housing market update. I got Brandon, I got Jeff. We're giving you an update on what we're doing with Rock the Vote. And uh we hope you enjoy this episode and all the episodes to come, all the mayors, city council members get to know our local uh politics and what's going on and get ready for the election. I'm glad you're tuning in, jump in the comments. We're going to be in the comments. The whole p- purpose of this is to start dialogue and dis- uh, discourse. So if if this episode was boring and it wasn't awesome, tune into the next one. It'll be much better. Uh If this was awesome, give us a thumbs up, follow us, subscribe. We'll see you out there. Real estate four three I think the hat. I really do. I think it looks really good. It's a po boy hat, and we're rolling. So it's my, we, my flat hat. Yeah, it's
1: a Friday hat. It's
0: a Friday hat.
2: Mm-hmm. Rob's the only person with that kind of hat that I look at and I go, he's got it, hundred percent, rocks yeah. it. Yeah, I hey, thanks, man. Could not yeah.
0: do it. Brandon, I think you could Brandon do couldn't do it.
2: I'd anymore. get beat up if I wore something like that. <laughs> I'd beat you up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Somebody should beat me up, probably. True.
2: All right. Well, very true.
0: Let me know when we'll arrange it so
1: this is the first podcast we're doing
0: this no this is episode two brought to you by ghost not actually sponsored by ghost no. yet the, yet the drink if, unless they want to not the band not the band which is an excellent band by they the way. could maybe they could sponsor us i don't even know they exist ghost mallory ghost. yeah it's a you're, good band yep. mallory look it up just kidding ghost
1: ghost. <laughs> ghost. I know ghost. Gr- yeah. ghost there you go mallory
0: knows it um so this is episode two the first episode we did was on zoom brought to you by cup bop. Also still delicious cup bop. That's right. But we're greatly improved since episode one off green Springs mm-hmm. in the Albertson's parking lot cup bop. It's delicious. Mm-hmm. It is good. But if you order it spicy, you, it is going to, they mean spicy. Yep. Ooh. They Red oh, Fort. Yeah. Was that, wh- who's been the spiciest lately? Cause y- you're the spicy guy. Are you a spicy guy too? Oh, you're like, yeah. I want to know more who's going to have the most. More food.
1: than me. Brandon's more than me. Yeah, uh, yeah. Red Fort wasn't too You're spicy. Gr- are you, are you kidding? Have to commit to the mic, you, dude. You
0: asked them like extra spicy.
2: No, I said spicy. Just
0: start, start kissing the mic, dude. You're just gotta you just going to it. If you tell, if right. you tell
2: Red Fort extra better? spicy, that's better. I I've learned there's two places you do not mess with spice levels, and that is Indian places mm-hmm. and Thai places.
1: Yeah, Bombay you, Cafe got it pretty good too. Bombay Cafe. I said, hey, give me the spiciest you can get it, and that was that was. You
0: were hiccuping from the Royal yeah, Thai right here in Santa Clara. That was hot too. Mm. yeah this episode's brought to you by royal tie mm-hmm. big like shout it. out to royal tie they make a delicious. delicious lunch their specials check them out they're all over town too delicious there's two of them no i think there's <laughs> because there there's one? the royal tie off uh brigham uh telegraph it's still over there yeah oh, and, then right, the, and then there's the express clara, off yeah. um in desert hills mm-hmm. right yeah and then the one in santa clara mm-hmm. delicious yeah. the one over by like home depot like, that's not a Royal Thai. It um, is, it's
2: a Thai place and it is good. Really good.
0: The one by Sonic. Hmm. It's like behind Sonic. Oh, that's on Telegraph. On Telegraph. Yeah. That's Royal Thai. That's Royal Thai. Mm-hmm. So Home Depot, what are you talking about? There's a Thai place over by, um, Home Depot on sunset. On sunset. That's the Thai kitchen. Yeah. It's also delicious. Yeah. Really good. So good. So we got Thai places all over town. Um, that's enough for our sponsors. I think that's it that's it. We're Yeah. We should be covered. I think that'll pay for all of the fees. <laughs> I don't think
2: you're allowed to call them
0: sponsors if they're not really sponsors. <laughs>
1: but but maybe they're, they're sponsored. Sponsor, sp- sponsor,
0: sponsor candidates. Sponsor candidates. Yeah,
1: potential sponsors.
0: <laughs> okay. I think I'm curious to know if Brandon can give us the summary of our voter project. Mm. Brandon, do you think you could give us a summary of the voter information? Project that we're working on. Um, this is episode one of the series for the project, too. So, mm-hmm.
2: yeah. So, uh, you could just stop me if I get too far off track here. Uh, oh, no. I'm going <laughs> to let you go. <laughs> You're going to just let me go, huh? Uh, so, historically, there's really low voter turnout in local elections, right? Um, so, if there's not the big national election to go with it, you know, people pay, don't pay attention to it. Um, they don't think about it. They you know, there's not big debates on TV for them to watch on, you know, Fox or CNBC or CNN or whatever. Uh, Before,
0: before you keep going, how would you rank uh, how caught up you are on politics in general? And then, okay. First, first is local politics. How caught up are you? Could you tell me who the mayor of St. George is?
2: I can tell you who the mayor of St. George is.
0: Could you tell me the mayor of Ivan's? No. Santa Clara? No. Washington? Yes. Hurricane? Yes. Nice. That's pretty good. Uh,
2: I could probably tell you who most of the city council is in St. George. I could tell you most of the city council in Washington, like
0: who they are, but what about their platform? Like what they, what they kind of uh,
2: not in St. George in Washington, a little bit more. So
0: yeah. um, when I moved here, when I moved here, just and then we'll get back onto the summary. When I moved here, my assumption was, I was like, how do people run for local office? If it's like just this super, right all in a big group, like who is a dissenting vote? Like how many is there like dissenting votes on this? And, uh, as you dive deeper into it, even within, you know, certain ideologies, right? We're a big spectrum of belief systems all meshed into one, even in little St. George. So I, I think the assumption that I made when I first moved here was way off as I got deeper into it. So like, you know, topics wise, that's the hard one to really dive into but keep going. So you, you're not really plugged in. You're you're semi plugged in. I would say I'm like your average
2: person plugged in in local politics, started paying attention to it a little bit more during the pandemic. And then got a lot of what I know of people is I I learned through the pandemic and and paying more attention. Mm -hmm. And, uh, after the pandemic kind of ended and everything went back to normal, I got back into the swing of my business and my life and haven't paid as much attention. Um, so kind of out of tune, out of touch with it, but I'm also learning that there's, I mean, there's a lot of really important stuff, right. In, in local elections. So, you know, the whole idea of this is to help people get easy access to the information that they need to be an informed voter in a meaningful way. That's easy to access, um, hopefully exciting and, you know, entertaining for them to, you know, become a informed voter mm-hmm. and help drive, uh, additional turnout to the polls. Yeah, That's sweet man.
0: Pretty good summary. That's a pretty good summary. Yeah. What would you add to it, Jeff? What else are we doing? So we're trying to drive traffic to, you know, vo- voter information, voter registration. Um we had the podcast. This is kind of ep- episode 1 in the new digs. Shout out to Blueform Media. But what else would you add to what, what is it we're trying to do?
1: Yeah, I think the one of the biggest things is um historically younger people don't
0: Sorry. How's dude. that? I should probably lower it. it. Let me just get it right up in my face. Get it right up in there, man.
1: I think historically um, in Washington County, um, younger people just don't, they don't vote. And so their voice really isn't heard. I mean, you know, it goes back to the old adage of squeaky wheel gets the grease. And so, you know, 18 to 35 year olds, there just isn't a huge voter turnout. And so, <clears throat> you know, people that uh, the people that are voting are the ones that are making their voice heard mm-hmm. and getting the stuff done or or you know, at least going out to vote for the people that they think are going to vote for what they're going to, what they're going to do. And mm-hmm. so, you know, younger people just don't, don't go out and vote. And so, um, you know, part of the rock, the vote campaign, get out and vote campaign is, is kind of geared towards younger people and what we see, um, you know, what we see from a bunch of different topics, um, you know, housing, water, what that's going to look like in 10, 15, 20 years.
0: Yeah. Well, You know, going back to why 18 to, it's like really 18 to like 35. Right. It's the biggest demographic that gets kind of missed, Mm -hmm. but even more focus is be 18 to 20, 25, right? For sure. It's just that second stage where you're in college. You actually might even not even be residing in the city you ultimately plan on being at, right? Because so many people are going to college or they go away. They
1: come here from out of state. They go on a
0: mission. Mm -hmm. You know, there's so many, especially in the local population, you know, we have a bunch of these moving dynamics. So- if I'm going to college at Utah Tech, why do I care about St. George City elections, right? So the demographic that's actually living and operating in St. George, you know, I think there's a big portion that's the Utah Tech. But what about the ones that are not? Why is it important for 18 to 25 to be paying attention? Like from your perspective, why should they be paying attention?
1: Yeah, a few different reasons. Um, but I think one of the most important is um, is wages is um, the length of time that, the I mean, if you're 24, 25 years old, um, you know, you might love St. George and might not want to go anywhere. Might want to stay here for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Um, And local politics can can affect the trajectory of what that looks like. Um, You know, and if you can't afford to live here when you're 24, 25, you just graduated college, you want to stay, you might have to move. Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, we want to be able to at least – you know, from housing, that's that's a pretty pretty big topic. Provide the opportunity for, you know, younger people to stay here and live here.
0: Yeah. What do you think? Why, why should they pay attention? Because the the twenty one year old me, I was a political science major, and I didn't know anything about the local city. That I like, I didn't know, I didn't we'll know what care, was going on. Didn't if, care either. I didn't even care. Fullerton, yeah. Yeah. Irvine. I was, you know, going to a university. I was living in Tustin, working in Irvine, and then going to school in Fullerton in a massive metropolitan millions and millions of people. So like, you know, local politics was the last thing I was thinking about. Your voice matter. Right. And then I was, I was learning. I was trying to like, just get downloaded and educated on what's going on. So, so, you know, I I don't necessarily think the 18 to 25 should have to be paying attention, but I think there's some big, huge topics that are really close that, you know, might be worth, but their vote counts just as much.
2: Exactly. Their vote counts just as much. And they're doing themselves a huge disservice because you know, through my perspective, you're taught that all the big decisions and all the big things they all come out of Washington, right? Oh, who's who's the president right now? Well, really, you know, to we have, don't have a I'm going to, 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 to I'm going to say this
0: like on the record, which is a fact and I've verified. We don't have the Lake Powell pipeline moving forward specifically because the president is Joe Biden. If the president was Donald Trump, there was there would be no dirt would be moving right now. Dirt but, would be moving. We'd have water. But, but my point, and like, but but this, this is okay. That's a huge infrastructure
2: project and I, mm-hmm. I, that, that plays into things certainly. But my point being is that if you, if you're trying to do a development to build, uh, uh an apartment complex or, um, a, you know, a, a plat of townhomes or something, you're trying to do something that could help you, those younger people starting off in their families just a couple of years after the age that we're talking about. Um, that's not approved by the president. That's not approved by Washington. Nope. There might be sometimes funding right. that comes in, like there's, there still is, right? That's important too but you could have all the funding in the world. And if the city council or, you know, is, is going to sign off on it, doesn't fit the city master plan, whatever you could have all the money in the world and it's not, it's not going to happen. So, yeah.
0: and I think we made, I think, and I think everybody's in agreement that mistakes have been made in the past. Right. And probably Always. one of the, one of the bigger mistakes that we're reaping right now is uh, housing affordability. Yeah. Like, I think that's one that's like really on the forefront. And if you are from 18 to 25, that's a, that's a, you got to let your voice be heard because the city council isn't hearing, you know, somebody say, I can't find a rental and paying, paying what you want me to pay is stressful, right? It It is putting pressure. It's limiting, you know, who is able to come and do the work that needs to be done yeah, here.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you're 19 going to, going to Utah tech and you, you, you know, you don't want to live on campus, it's going to be hard to find a place. Getting yeah. student housing on campus is
2: expensive. Yeah. Yeah. When I first moved to Utah, my first place was $198 a
0: month. Crazy, man. Well, like I mean, that's up in uh, Provo. But still, oh. but at that time, like what year was that? 2012. 2012. That wasn't that long ago. It's not that long ago. You know, when you look at ha- home values, um, and we could take, take a look at that here in a second, because that's what we're, we're supposed to be talking about. Um, You know, they exploded really in the last three years to where it's just not affordable. Our affordability, like going back to 2015, we were still affordable. Our affordability index, it's measured on a scale. So anything over one unaffordable, anything under one is um, more affordable. And we were less than one for almost 10 solid years straight in St. George, 10 years straight. And then since 2021, that went out of whack and Mm -hmm. we're not anymore. But that one moment is because we didn't do any multifamily, development we did townhomes built for short-term rentals we built density as resort density not um, primary residence density because that's what the builders that's where they were making the most money right there's only so many builders in town so many framers to do the work and they went to the market they went to the free market and they said hey we're going to make the most money doing this right but at the same time just getting the zoning was very difficult, right? So if they could get the short-term, they were just focusing their attention on the short-term stuff and they just completely lost sight. And the city council didn't do anything to really like say, Hey, we, we really need multifamily in in my perspective. Maybe they did at, at some level, but I don't think they did a very good job of encouraging high density, right? Like apartment complexes. And we missed that for a decade. So, you know, as a 18 to 25, if you're here you gotta, you gotta speak up and say, "Hey, we 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 definitely need that more of a, a running conversation moving forward, and we need to make better decisions on that." Or but, if you
2: have kids that will someday between be eighteen to twenty five. Yeah, yeah, I mean that's one. And of you the want them, you want to be able to live by you. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's what we hear that all the time. You know, hey, my kids, you know, they're they're moving away. They can't afford to. Right. Can't afford to live. It's
0: here. a balance between the people not wanting to grow, though. Right. It's like you know the people.
1: Yeah, a lot of people don't want. You know, they don't want high, high density in your, their backyard. Yeah. Right.
2: That not, what do they call that? The not in my backyard. Yeah. Right. Not in it's my like mind. the
0: worst. NIMBY yeah. is the worst. I hate that word so yeah. much. Not in my backyard.
2: Get off my lawn. W- that I We're, want affordable housing. I think somebody was talking about
0: changing it to a YIMBY, a yes in my backyard. And I'm like, I don't know if that's going to market well. I don't I, know if yeah. it's going to catch on. A, I have an old friend that lives up in
2: Provo Salt Lake area that really helped open my eyes on some of that stuff. I didn't
0: realize that was a thing. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, yeah, like, I, I really, I mean, I, I definitely do know, but
0: I mean, I, my, my own parents, my own parents, she's like, there's just at a certain stage of your life, you don't want to necessarily have townhomes living around you. That's just not, you know, what comes from that. My mom lived in a condo and townhome in Huntington beach, or I guess she was in Irvine for years and years. And she's like, I know what that's like. I just don't want that right now when I'm 60, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't want to live in that environment. So there's communities that are like that. And we have a ton of those. Mm-hmm. We have a ton of those communities. Of
1: yeah. So what's the line then? I mean, what's. So
0: the- w- where is the line? Yeah. What, what is the line? We have a really dynamic geological, you know, area. Cause it's not just St. George, St. George, I have and Santa Clara. Like we're all mm-hmm. one big melting pot, but yeah. I think there's some strategy moving forward that we really stay, get focused. Stay
1: tuned to our podcast series
0: yeah, this podcast here, you know, yeah. like that's the idea is like, how do we, how do we bring up some ideas to the, to the forefront and see if we can get movement on the world's movies so fast. You know, we were just talking about those townhomes, the dojo townhomes yeah. off uh, Black, Ridge Black Cove, Ridge Cove. Mm-hmm. how fast they went up. They're talking almost 130, what, three a week. Did you say they put three up in a week?
1: Yeah. I mean, that, that, that whole street there was nothing there. There's probably a hundred
0: and I think that, I think the total is less than that. It's like 70 units. Maybe it was a hundred units. Yeah. But none
1: of them were even up in December and now they're yeah, there's not even dozens up. of them that are up.
0: And now they're almost like finished framing everything. Right. right. So like they're rolling through them super fast. Technology's changed, you know, systems have changed within construction that we can do some pretty cool stuff mm. pretty quickly. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, maybe we dive into just the housing market in general, but that's kind of the thought. I, I think uh, the podcast um, series interviewing local politicians is going to resonate hopefully with everybody that's, that's listening in mm-hmm. to give value outside of just what's, you know, what's the housing market like. Yeah. So,
1: well, and I think maybe, maybe it'll resonate too with people that are thinking about moving to Southern
0: Utah and what,
1: you know, what's going oh, on. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. You know,
0: that's, that's a comment thread that I would love to get into. Like everybody says, stay out of the comments. I'm like, yeah. I how do we get people engaged in the comments that are coming from out of the area? That have opinions about what the mayor of Hurricane says. Or, right,
1: and I think it's important, too, because um, – Hurricane. Hurricane. Uh, hurricane. A lot of people go to YouTube. I think, aside from Google, YouTube, like just Google.com, you, people go to YouTube to search for stuff now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you know, so if we'll, I want to know what's going on, lo- local politics in southern Utah, today, there's not a lot of info. Yeah. Around. Like, hey, who's, you know, who, who's the city council, aside from going to the – you know the city website yeah like i
0: legitimately just started as i've gone through the process i just typed in jimmy hughes in youtube to like try to find interviews shout out to jimmy shout out to jimmy great <laughs> episode by the way that one's gonna be a good one we talked about a lot of cool stuff on that one um but he you know he didn't have necessarily an opportunity we don't have like a news station in st george to like tell people what's going on spectrum's gone like they haven't posted anything on the website since 2022 like it's gone yeah. So, I mean, like wow. just said, so you, can,
2: you can get on like the city website and see who's on the, who's on, yeah. who's
0: on the city council, who are, who are the mayors, but and they're short what, little
2: bios, but like short bios. Yeah. But come it. on. Like, what are they really, I mean, how are they voting? Right. What, what's yeah, their, exactly. what's their policy stance exactly. stance? You know, how, how are they feeling about different so what cultural to topics? Find, what if I wanted to find out
1: somebody's, um, somebody's voting record, like from a city council standpoint, I
0: think Washington city is the only one that even yeah. like makes it super accessible, but I've been Show going through the Jordan over there. Yeah. Hey so, Jordan. Hey Jordan has. We still need to get Crest uh, Staley uh, on the calendar. We still don't have him. He's my last mayor to get on the calendar. But we'll get him on. Yeah. I, so I went to the city city um, site. It's actually the state site. You have to go through utah.gov to get there. I should have pulled that up, Mallory. And go through the minutes. You have to s- search the m- municipality. And then you got to find St. George. you got to click on that. And then it go- opens you up into a... Uh, timeline of running minutes we'll see if she can pull it up and you literally have to click on each one it'll say the date and the minutes and then you got to scroll through to find out what was voted on like you don't you got to literally go through each yeah, individual so it's, one yeah. there's no consolidated uh i think you go into um help me so i think i went go up to government i actually googled um say i didn't go this way go into google and just type in um, Saint George City Council agenda. Oh, Saint George City, Utah. Just to make sure that that's like the added Utah. You could put this at the end, dude. AI, bro. I need a Jamie agenda. Oh, agenda oh. Let, agenda. Let's let's click on that actually, because that's for straight through the city. So I went through a different way and this might be better. Yeah. So like if I wanted to find out, okay, which oh, yeah, c- yeah.
1: which city council member or members is most likely to vote yes on um, you know, a new development yeah, or the, something like the that. The only way you go in go, and, uh-huh.
0: and look at every yeah. single voting um, minute yeah. or and look at the see lap, what yeah. they voted on in previous times, you don't have – like there's no um, full disclosure on – It's very difficult to find out what they are. So if you do an interview, you can kind of get, you know, their perspective, but is that actually how they're voting? Right. 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 And a lot of times you can see they voted yes on passing a budget for, you know, X, Y, or Z, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't fall into the, you know, platform that they're necessarily saying on their website. So the, the local interaction, right. The ability to talk to. The people who go to the store, they, they just live right around us, making huge, impactful decisions on what's going on in the community. Mm-hmm. I want to make it accessible. So that's what the kind of the vision of the whole podcast is. Mm-hmm. But we're rocking the vote. MTV News is dead. I heard that too.
1: MTV's been dead for a while. MTV
0: News. It? They finally folded up the news portion of it. I didn't even know that existed. Well, they went, they went online. So I think they still had they like an actual playing, channel. They but,
2: stopped playing music a
1: long time ago
0: yeah MTV just the music TV, yeah. videos itself the, uh, vivo the, i think killed did, it did they send me a,
2: a a notice of closure to my like aol email or not yet i don't think so
0: mm-hmm. and then maybe it's coming in the mail mm-hmm. on like a disc those I like think, send yeah, a disc. You, r- you, you only got mtv
2: news on internet explorer
1: <laughs> i think ridiculousness Edge. music on mtv
0: didn't it oh yeah that might have <laughs> excellent show by the way rob Deerdeck <laughs> rob Deerdeck. genius army of way. robs rob yeah. Deerdeck. shout out yeah genius he is a genius. Yeah. Well, so you could go on and get the agenda minutes right there on the city site. So it doesn't, you don't have to go through the state, but there is a state <coughs> portal as well. Um, but that is, doesn't even look like you can, mm-hmm. I guess you could maybe search. Is that a search function?
1: By date and title?
0: Yeah. Go like January. Yeah. See, you'd have to know the exact yeah, date. Sc- scroll back up to the top, Mallory. I think there was a
1: search function right, right up at the top. Yeah.
0: Oh, search month, year, type. Oh do yeah. You me, do you want me to search? No, it? you don't have to do. You don't have to do that. I let's, spend most of my life in Microsoft Excel, and even this looks boring to me. Oh yeah, super boring. Let's let's jump into the housing market data. So, real quick, this is on our website, wealth435.com. So we got a general. Let's just look at the general numbers for the month of April. Average list price, eight hundred forty-one thousand in the county. So this is Washington County data, residential only. So it's not St. George City. It's not Ivan's. It's specifically the county and residential properties, townhomes, condos, single family homes, average list price, 841 at the average sold price, it says sale price, 621, almost $200,000 different or over $200,000 difference. Crazy. So listing way higher than what they're actually selling for median is what I look at the most 655,000. $517,000 517000 is actually what they're getting. So another $150,000 off. We're so, listing it way higher than they're actually going for it. Yeah. So like, I
1: wonder if sellers are still kind of clinging to the, the crazy market. For You sure. know, back in 2021 where they think, hey, let's just list it. Let's just list it and see what happens. Uh,
2: e- either that or there's <clears throat> voices in their ear saying, you know, well, if you're going to sell it, you know, uh, you could sell it for more. I'm trying to run a really roundabout way. So maybe there's,
0: there's agents encouraging people. At oh yeah. Little, maybe l- a
2: little, little yeah. higher than maybe they ought to because it helps them, you know, get, get, the, get the dealer or whatever. What yeah.
0: I, what I find is a lot of times agents just don't know. They just don't know. So they they go off of kind of their gut. They do one CMA at a time. And then the sellers are always the one they're going to do their research, which they should. Right. They're going to look at Zillow. They're going to look at tax value. They're going to hear it from their neighbor. But the problem is, in, in, they'll do some in, research. In, in Utah,
2: you have the same problem on the way up, right? That, that we had on the way up, which was the home would get listed and then it was kind of undervalued. And so there'd just be, be this bidding war where the market would bring right. it up to value. Um, but now we're having the same problem on the way down, which is where the sales price in Utah isn't disclosed after. And so it's not as easy for, like, if I'm going to go on Zillow as just, you know,
0: if you don't have access to the guy, data. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm just
2: a regular guy trying to see what my house is worth, all I see is all the other houses around me, how much are they listed for, not how much they're actually truly selling for. Right. And so, you know, all of a sudden it can look really easily when I'm trying to even do my own research. And I feel like, you know, my home is worth a certain dollar amount based on what I'm seeing, but I'm not seeing the real data set uh, of what stuff's truly selling for. Yeah. Well,
0: and, and like property is such an important factor, but oh, yeah. just kind of looking mat- macro. The market as a whole though- comparing the two years we're down 13 percent in sold value in the month of April so the homes that sold in April last year sold in April this year prices are down uh, as a whole market almost 14 percent
1: look at the days on market uh, you were getting there but yeah that plays into the the sales price sales price too look so at that. it's crazy
0: 72 we went from a median I think the average is the best one to look at on that one probably. So the, the average cumulative days on market. So it's the total amount of time on the market, right? Re- active and ready to go. 72 days versus 16 days, mm-hmm. which is a rolling number too. Like this oh. data, you know, there it's hard to calculate average cumulative days on market. You just pull them from the data sets. Normally looking at it rolling is, is better, but right. year to date is 71 and 27. So year to date mm-hmm. over the last, so we got four months still, of Deva, still data. Huge,
1: still a huge yeah. gap.
0: It, and it feels so much longer. But 71 days is kind of like, yeah, that's about as long as... It's a pretty
1: a, healthy market.
0: That's a pretty healthy market. You know, Average days on market in 2015 were probably around 70 to 80 days on market too, maybe even 90. So we're back to a normal market. So my my thought is this, sellers aren't being patient enough and they're dropping their prices before the market is actually telling them what the real value is. Because let's l- look at um, our listing that was off uh, Bluff. Uh-huh. I don't know, we want to necessarily call out client names, but on that particular one, we were on the market for a while. The first offer we got was basically what we sold it for, right? Or did we a end up getting bit, more? A l- little bit more. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And the, I mean, the seller was patient.
0: Patient. And how m- long we have been on the market About for? 100 days. 100 days? About 100 days, yeah. So he's patient and got his price. Yeah.
1: However, here's the flip side. I showed a home the other day to... Uh, to a client that had been on the market for um, about 16 days and it had already been dropped 10 grand,
0: 16 days sign of time, not even close. So, and then it also depends on like, what's the overall it, price of that home, right? right. Six, and, Cause if you do one price for let's say 16 grand, but it's a million dollar property, it doesn't.
1: It doesn't move the needle at all. It's not. Moving and and the also, needle. it's tough. You know, on the buyer side, you don't know the the seller's situation or timeline or whatever. And so, right, you know, price, lot-
0: time, and terms. Yeah. Those are your three negotiating factors when it comes to real estate and buying and selling. So, so that's going to dictate price. So, you know, the best part about real estate, I think, is that it's all very clear how to price homes. Um, there's a lot of factors that go into it, but patience typically wins but you're going to get the most money 99 times out of 100 in the first 30 days in my opinion like great marketing hit the market priced correctly because if you get multiple offers even right now you're still getting the very most money no matter what if you have two people that are coming to the table at the exact same time and they bid up against each other you're going to get the the highest market value in my that's my perspective um and it, t- it plays out time and time again, because then you could wait a uh, hundred days, like our other client get what he was waiting for. But what did, what was the cost of the hundred days versus potentially we could have gotten that price just the first couple weeks in. Cause I think we got our first offer on like day 14 or something like that. Right.
1: Yeah. Might've even been a little bit sooner.
0: So, <laughs> you know, the market is the market. We move slow. Six month rolls is really what we're looking at. So be patient. If you're a seller out there, I think be patient, mm-hmm. but make sure you're priced. You got you gotta be getting some showings. You can't just be sitting there and nobody's looking at it at right. all. Cause yeah. that's a, you're way off on price at that point. Yeah.
1: And I, you know, I would add to, you know, make sure, you know, make sure you're working with an agent. That's going to be honest with you. You know, even if it's not what you want to hear, at least,
0: um, you know, I, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the thing I was going to say was just the incentive to come in low to get it sold. um, there's not as many real estate agents out there, I think, that are like, I'm just going to price it low just to sell it fast, because they have. If you price it too low, market will bring it back up. So even if an agent makes that mistake, yeah, there's that
1: house off, you know, off of Dixie Downs that did that.
0: Well, and and when the market was crazy, when we were selling things and seven days right when the market was crazy you actually could price it too low because you end up with you know 10 offers and at some point you got to cut it off Mm -hmm. right and Mm -hmm. out of those 10 you didn't actually get the the highest buyer because it was seven days in you just didn't get to the full market let people you know download all the information Mm -hmm. it's just a frenzy so some people would bid it up 20 30 grand but what if they started 15 grand too low to start with, yeah. you know, they might have missed it because when you start saying I'm going to write out an offer for $30,000 over asking price as a buyer, you have this thing in your stomach. You're like, what am I doing? That seems crazy. It's crazy. But it was possible that we were undervaluing the house to start with, but yeah, that was I most did. times it's not.
2: I did that a couple of times with clients and the appraisal came in higher than the purchase price during yeah. all that craziness.
0: Right. And appraisals are, you know, those, those well, are tough too. There's all whole all I'm saying is we,
2: I Felt confident that we weren't actually buying it 30,000 over what the market really would bear on it. Yeah.
0: Well, I think my favorite thing now, if we, if we could keep scrolling through, cause this is just kind of a general summary of data. Um, this is supply and demand. So overall macro market last month, uh, in April, co- uh, go all the way down to supplies at the top. Oh, I'm sorry. Just make supply at the very, very tippy top. So in April, um, the MLS changed over to this, um, crap, this graph trends graph. And I, I miss, I did wrong information to collect the data. So it looked like we were at a 20 year high in supply. And I was like, there's no way that's right. But I kept running the data and it kept showing up that that was the most homes that were active. Come to find out there was a couple other things I needed to do. How, even though we're not at a 20 year high with supply, we are in a pretty big high, um, over the last three plus years. Right. Uh, We're we're right back into the market we were at back in 2019. So you can kind of clearly see it from this timeline. COVID is this ripple, right? You can see the big drop down uh, going back up, you know, late 21 because interest rates where they were worried about interest rates. So you get this, you know, nervousness in the market. Then the rates stayed down. Buyers came to the market. Sellers um, stopped selling and prices boomed. And now, April the twenty-two, the market has gone very cold. You can see it going apart. Now we're coming back together. So um, this is. It looks like we're in kind of a normal up and down of a market. The best part about it, I think, we only pulled back fifteen percent before. I think we're about to stabilize for a little while. Mm-hmm. I think we're probably going to be stable through spring next year, at least in our market, um, which will make upward pressure on pricing. So if you keep going down, this is the the best. Best part right here. This is exactly if I'm a seller, what am I expecting? If I'm a buyer, what am I expecting? Starting with price, you know, no matter how you look at it, the first filter a buyer makes is the what am I going to pay for this, right? No matter what the price point is, that's the first filter. Then they say, I want a location and I want four beds and I want, you know, a garage and all that stuff. So if we just look at that first filter, we're in a seller's market. All the way to eight hundred thousand, if not all the way up to a million. Which right there at uh, eight hundred to a, or nine hundred to a million, we're just getting about to six months of absorption. So remember, I said earlier, you know, where our markets are six months in rolls. So that's when you're like, hey, there's more inventory than the the market's willing to bear, and we crest over that over a million, and we're in yeah, a buyer's six, market up top
1: again. Six months is a pretty healthy seller's market still.
0: Yeah, it's a it's a healthy seller's market. absolutely and this is a rolling three-month calculation so um but a lot of sellers aren't used to that
1: right yeah because the last couple years a lot of sellers are like you know i my my home's not sold it's been 32 days what are we going to do exactly so
0: so that's why let's look at it 90 days so we have these 90 day windows that we can look at it's actually a fha and uh, a fannie mae calculation that our mls does specifically for understanding absorption rate so I think this is, it's, it's one of the functions that not a lot of agents know within flex how to do, but this is really good. If I'm going to list a house in a hundred thousand dollar window, you got to remember buyers, you know, price points can be really narrow, but the ups and downs, especially once you get to over 700,000, their windows are about a hundred thousand at a time. You know, they're going to look down and up probably a hundred grand. So we're upward pressure on pricing, which is great news for sellers. If you price it right, it's going to move. And then the buyer's market starts at at uh, about a million, and we had a lot of inventory hit that was around a million all at once. But it seems like that mo- inventory is almost finished, right? There's not a whole lot of new building I've seen lately. Have you looked at the permits? Did you look at the permits from that market report? I, I wanted to have the construction up, but I didn't. I didn't prep prep for it. How are we doing on permits? Do you remember? Let me pull it up. Okay. I think I've got the data right here. He might have it and we'll, and we'll look at it. Which isn't it, it isn't a huge deal because permits are a, a leading indicator of supply in 12 months about because mm-hmm. it's probably going to be at least 12 before that dirt and the permit turns into an actual house. So that's kind of another leading indico- indicator that we look at. And then keep scrolling, we're going to there's a little bit of inflation number here. I thought this was interesting. Brandon, maybe you can uh look at this and w- what jumps out to you? So we got the price index, mm-hmm. 12 month yeah. percent change. Fuel and fuel and oil, gas, all types
2: down a lot. I, I, I mean, that might reverse. so,
0: so that's inflation.
2: Yeah. Interest rates higher. Um, rent growth is, is interesting. 8.8% on, on rent growth. Um, so real rent growth, and then you have rent growth. Owners, yeah, right. Because you have the owners' owners' equivalent
0: of rent, which is what they're really paying attention to, mostly. And that's two point eight. Home payment jumped forty percent. Interest rates jumped fifty six percent. But that was like that's the lever they're no, pulling, right? No,
2: no, no, yeah. So what what's interesting is you're saying real rent growth, right? So so real rent growth is I mean what, that's what you're truly paying on a rental two point eight percent, and then you have owners' equivalent of rent, um, you know, which is your your home payment or you know what? What are you going to be? What would you rent that home for, mm-hmm. right? And that's at uh, up at eight percent.
0: So that's outpacing big, what actually that's a, a rent is.
2: Disconnect, yeah, yeah. Um, so does that mean that there's downward pressure on home prices, or there's upward pressure to remain on rent prices
0: to disconnect there? And and then it's also a, a local. It's super hyper local, yeah, right? Because I think this is hyper-local. national. That's totally national. I have a yeah.
1: couple, couple numbers. So year to date, residential permits is eight hundred and thirty two.
0: Okay.
1: Week nineteen so may may 4th to may 10th there were 67 single family home permits pulled 67
0: 67 okay. okay i'd
1: say that's a pretty decent amount in a week
0: yeah that that's cranking up the numbers a little that's bit cranking up. yep so it's coming back uh this is macro inflation numbers right so if, if you're curious about what's going on here this is a good good number to look at i like this next uh slide the best i think if now. If,
2: if i were to comment on inflation as a whole what, what you have now after the last cpi print is you have a fed funds rate higher than the inflation rate finally which is significant mm-hmm. um but you are coming into a, a couple things right the liquidity in the market overall is is coming dry mm-hmm. and uh but inflation's just hitting into that sticky spot i, I think it's going to be a lot harder just by own you know mm-hmm. arrogant opinion here uh that inflation could stick pretty hard um, at its current levels right yeah to get back down to 2 is going to take i think a bit more time and work um,
0: it's probably and, just and a whole nother selling it, season it, right it, we got to get to christmas a, again one more time right before we can shake it off i guess well the so un- be-
2: ultimately at this point the only thing that's going to get down lower is unemployment rate because you have you have you have real job you're, you have real wage great that, growth that's driving the inflation numbers at this point right so um, the, uh, the unemployment would really have to rise but the economy is holding strong so then what ends up happening I, i'm you know i'm not 100% sure but the market certainly seems to bake in the idea that interest rates are going to drop by the end of the year in in a pretty decent way at least the fed funds rate right obviously there's a there's a disconnect between that right like and that the fed doesn't a, doesn't affect mortgage rates
0: however right does i think the your the, the, your mortgage interest rates probably more Closely tied to the bond market than well, anything else. Y- y- well, yeah, because they get securitized and sold on the
2: secondary right. market and MBSs, um, you know, and and oftentimes people look at like the 10 years as, as somewhat of a measure to mm-hmm. try to look at, at what mortgage rates will be doing um, instead of a 30
0: year. Um, but uh, right. I mean, they change if, daily too, and there's so it, many well, other factors that go into it. The interest rates are hard to project out. I, I, I guess
2: what I'm getting at is, you know, if, if the inflation – I mean, does or doesn't ease up one way or the other, but they drop rates. Um, I mean, the upward pricing that, that that is going to happen on homes is significant. significant. And, (laughs) and so if you have, you know, if you have the same thing that happened in, in 21, but you just dropped the interest rates to, you know, mortgage rates got to to four. Yeah. You know, like think what that's going to do to the home prices. I mean, Dude, it would just ignite this millennial. But it does nothing for the affordability problem, right? It just, it's going to make it actually. So even though rates would come down, it would make it more difficult to get. That's that's why in my, from my perspective,
0: we're probably going to hold a steady interest rate. It's right on this cusp of, I think they found the middle because over seven, it was like, you're dumping the housing market into the toilet and they haven't gotten close. They went to seven. Uh, right. for like one week, if that, yeah. uh, back in January. And it was like, uh, oh, we don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. You know, every application dried up. They came back down and they seem to have like kind of stabilized around the sixes. It's like high sixes. And then uh, I could see, you know, mm-hmm. high fives, maybe in quarter four, because they're trying to get where people normally are not buying. They want to encourage buying. And when they are buying, they want to discourage buying because you're trying to, it's like feathering it. the pedal, so to speak. And the interest rates are really the only lever that they can have to do it. So if I'm a buyer, you're in the spring market, we have upper pressure on pricing right now. If if it's only a 1% window that we'd be looking at right now, it, you just buy now, in my mind. Well, yeah, that's,
2: I mean, oftentimes that's, that's kind of, a somewhat rule of thumb, right? If he, if the interest rate is going to drop by more than 1%, it's can be worth it to do a refinance, right? right? So right. you don't want to refinance. I think you
0: kind of have to be over 1% or because the costs, when the, the, you put it on an amortization schedule, yeah, it doesn't it's, really it, make
2: sense, it, right? Yeah. It oftentimes is a lot more expensive to do a refinance and people calculate and not all lenders necessarily disclose that, but right. it, it can be. So you want to make sure that you're getting a big enough discount on the, on the, 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 the uh, rate to justify that. But if you gotta live somewhere, you gotta live somewhere. Right. I mean
0: I I, I any second I, you're paying another landlord, you either, you're going you, to in your life, you're going to pay a landlord one way or another. Well, I, I you're going to be it or somebody some, else. Sometimes
1: I, it I, might depend on the situation too.
0: Yeah,
2: uh, it, no, know, for sure. But. Yeah. I mean, that. well, that's my general rule of thumb, right? If you're going to be somewhere for, you know, five, five to seven years, at least you're pretty stable. You have a stable, stable income or stable job, right? Life's pretty stable for you. It's, it's generally speaking, pretty decent time to buy a house. It's right? funny because um,
0: uh, Colton Curtis, shout out to one of my clients, Colton, who's now a real estate agent up North and he was 19 and- He, there was no, no, no such thing as stability. And he's like, oh, I heard the thing to do is just never rent, just go buy something. And I want to get a townhome. He lived in his van and immediately started renting it out and cash flowed from day one. And now he's got like $250,000 in equity in it. He's, you know, 23 and he, he still, he was living in his van. He's just kept living in his van and snowboarding and working like normal, but he was a homeowner doing nothing, but Having tenants pay him money. It was just brilliant. Right. He just saw the, saw the idea right out of the gate.
2: I just, I just met him randomly a couple of weeks ago. I know. While I was up
0: in Salt Lake. Yeah. He always falls into my, in my world one way or another man, him and I are connected. Yeah. We had some breakfast and sharp, sharp guy. Yeah. He's a good dude. Um, but yeah, so I, I think, uh, you know, if I'm, if I'm listening to this, don't, don't wait. If you're in the next 12 months, just go right now. If you're thinking about it, you can put the pieces into play. To buy something right now, I think you should. Uh, there's going to be some big bonuses for, um, first time home buyers in July, because there's a big, a big grant that's going to go like wildfire. Mm-hmm. So if you're interested in that grant and how to get some money directly from the government into your pocket for a brand new construction, we even have condos that we know of that will be available to purchase here in St. George. Mm-hmm. If you're a first time home buyer, younger family, college student, you name it, you're, 18 we want to get you one of those condos to start this if it's the right situation if it's the right there's situation some,
1: there's right? some caveats to it so just because you can do it doesn't mean that you should right but if it fits your situation and
0: your yeah, job come talk to you us about it yeah, we, sure. we want to help mm-hmm. you through it yeah. um yep. i think that's a big big driver mm-hmm. uh this uh, affordability in 1989 a car would have cost you $15,000 in 2023 we're at 50,000 i'm rounding up adjusted for inflation And then the real percent change with that inflation, 30% more to own a car today than it was back in 89, 45 or 48% more expensive for gas, 62% more expensive to purchase a home. But the mortgage, believe it or not, is 6% less. So you have a cheaper adjusted for inflation mortgage right now than you did in 1989
2: that's what is, that's what kills me about all this. So you have these. You have um,
0: you when know, I when you, I was younger, I bought a house for fifteen thousand dollars. No, you see, you see, no, you see. I I'm think, not making fun uh, of anybody in particular, by okay. the way. Me, 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 neither.
2: Here, but on the flip side of that coin, you see, you know, a different demographic that says something like, you know, you used to be able to sell shoes at the department store and support like a family for and go on vacation, buy a house, and blah blah blah. Yeah, so it's like. And they say like you know the house was ninety four thousand dollars and the mortgage payment was only eight hundred twenty five and they totally forget to inflation adjust that. So once you inflation adjust it like two hundred thirty one thousand isn't yeah the the home is a lot more expensive. But because interest rates are so much lower, it really it's it's actually somewhat cheaper to buy a house today. Um, but the reason that it feels more expensive isn't because of the housing market always. It's because of the ancillaries around it, right? Look how much more money people's paying people are paying for for vehicles, right? Mm-hmm. Um, for, I mean, for food. I, yeah, I, I mean you go to eat. I it has been I mean a lot of times in the last two years that I've sat with families that they have car payments in their family that are more significantly more expensive than my mortgage. Yeah. Um so they're, they're you know, cars you're paying for fuel, it's a huge expense. Yep. Um and it, it fuel's overall, up
0: utilities are up too, right? On housing. Wait, and overall though, like looking at that, that's on a, a average purchase price of three hundred and seventy five our our median was over 680 yeah. right? like
2: yeah oh for sure it,
0: putting it in a perspective into but saint george too this this chart is almost laughable because it's I, not even he- helpful as i think about it because <laughs> well, i was like oh shoot this doesn't if you're living in saint george this isn't as helpful but i think macro well, is still always something to, here's the, to the, the macro about.
2: point i'm trying to get at is that is that housing is not um in our area it can be very difficult mm-hmm. but you have some huge costs and, and cost inflation in some of the other areas that money's being spent so it, if you're mindful, really, truly mindful of, of where money's going and what that lifestyle side, side looks like, if home, how, home, uh, owning a home and housing is a priority for you, it's not so, so far out of whack that, you know, just give up and all hope is lost. Right. right? It's stay in the game. You can stay in the game on this, right? There's yeah, we can watch it.
0: it. It's slow. A lot of our clients, it's like 12 months before they actually... Pull the trigger and get something right. As far as buyers go, a lot of people take their time. Doing well, that. I think that's the normal. Well, it's gonna be like three years before they call you back and thank you to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if they ever do. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's like, oh, I'm a, I'm gonna talk to a real estate agent. Um, seven days before I decide to buy a house, right? Like that's that should not be the strategy. Strategy is like, hey, go find a real estate agent you like. Uh, connect with them get understand the market help them let them educate you on the market so you can follow along and then when the moment's right then you go back to them and you say hey because that's really the commission I, I think driving this point home it's hard for me to think about all the time too is the commission that you pay it shouldn't be for the things the services that were provided in the 30-day time frame between contract to close yeah that's not what the services are for in real estate because real estate is a dynamic industry that's always changing it's you know, across the nation, 70% of the net worth of humans is residing in their primary residence. Their house, their real yeah. estate is their largest asset. And so having a real estate agent that does it for 500 bucks or, you know, doesn't really – isn't really paying attention to the market but just wants to be it's able to get crank, you from con- contract to close, you just got the wrong yeah. guy. It's There's like,
1: the the old story um, about the, the engine mechanic that, um, you, you know, someone – um, someone needed an engine mechanic guy walks up to the engine, looks around it for a couple minutes, you know, puts his ear up to the engine, listens to, to it for a minute, walks to the back of the engine, taps on it with a hammer and engine fires up, runs perfect. And, uh, you know, the engine, the engine mechanic says, Hey, you owe me you know, $2,500 or whatever the price is. And, uh, you know, the owner says, what all you did was tap on the engine with the hammer. It's like you're not paying. You're not paying me, because I just tapped on the engine with a hammer. You're paying me because I knew where to tap. So, yeah, you know, from a real estate agent perspective, goes back to what you're saying. It's all the all the
0: work and research that goes into it. You just said Doesn't magic tap. stuff, though. We, we're not magical. <laughs> tapped on the tapped on the car and no. it started right up. I run that one by your dad. Yeah, my dad. Yeah. My dad would be yeah. like, "That's never happened for me. <laughs> I had to pull the whole thing back by apart again." <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> He told me a story. He put in a trans, transmission cuz he he swapped out an engine and and pulled out the transmission. Says he got it all back together. He missed one lever cuz my dad tells like the longest stories ever mm-hmm. and I have ADHD. So half the story I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And like, "Wait, what was he talking about again?" Yeah. He'd Cause pull the whole thing back out. He had to he had to start all over again. And pull it out all over again. But um, that's how the McFarland gentlemen do it. Let's let's keep rolling, Mallory. Let's go down. This one's interesting. Number of listings. So this is supply. We just have a, that's a that's a downward trajectory on supply of homes. Number of homes sold is down 25%. Oh, this is sold. I'm sorry. Sold listings. So this is actually a demand.
1: So, so look at April of 22 compared to April of 23.
0: Right. So the number, and this is just pure number of homes. Rooftops that were sold, right? Residential rooftops sold over the course of the last two years, we're down 25% year to date. Um, when demand goes lower and supply goes lower, you have, uh, an equal pressure on pricing, but when supply goes up and demand goes down, that's when you have downward pressure on pricing. Right now we have equal to upward pressure on pricing. We know it specifically because of this. And, uh, we should only expect this to go up from here. Um, But we'll see. We'll see. Keep scrolling. The average 30-year rate. So that was just a snapshot. And Mortgage News Daily is an aggregate of a bunch of different um, uh, rates because it is a moving target depending on the qualifications and things like that. So you can kind of see it in the lighter colors. The Freddie Mac number is less than six and a half. Uh, But this is a three months. So it's on a regular basis. These things are changing. That's six and 7%. We're jumping right there in that 1% range. So kind of what we were talking about earlier. Um, just keep I, scrolling. I, if you go to the website, I think, what, what, are what, they, what one of the, one of just
2: talking about interest rates, one of the things I really watch for is as the spread between the, uh, 30 year fix rate and the 10 year bond gets too far. It's, it, it, if there starts being more than a 3% spread on that, mm-hmm. y- you will likely see a meaner version. It, it just can't, it can't be spread that far. So if you are looking at you know, h- houses and rates and stuff. And that's looking a little out of whack. Um, you might not be too anxious or too over eager on something that you're not for sure on. Mm-hmm. But if, if you see that the closer the 30 year fixed rate gets to the 10 year treasury, you might be able to lock in a really nice interest rate for a long-term on your, you know, long-term purchase on a home. So if you're just, watch- just watching that consider, as yeah.
0: those things come together. So if you got a long time frame like 12 months and you're kind of watching it, is that what you mean?
2: Yeah, if you're kind of watching it and, and you're like, well, I, I, yeah, I kind of like this house, and and there's not a big spread between those, it, it might be in just a nice. Where do you tune. go? If you don't were to make pull your that final, out. don't make your final buying decision based on that. Yeah, right? but if but let's say let's
0: say there's some stat nerds out there, that are just like you. Uh, where would Did they go pull, to look at it?
2: Pull it? I mean, you can pull that right on on. Uh, um, do you mortgage you, mortgage you know, News who Daily. Mortgage date, oh, yeah. mortgage news daily, yeah. mortgage news daily. That's where I go I, for all the of it. That's like they, my they, go-to. Yeah. They have the 10 year. The they salary. do have that. That's right. Yeah, they got the 10 year treasury. I mean, yeah. I, all I'm saying is like, so if it's the, the, the mortgage rate is six and the 10 year bond is, you know, two, seven, five, eh, too much spread. Right. But if, if, if the, if the mortgage rate is, you know, six and the 10 years, four and a half, five, all of a sudden you're heavy, there'd be, a, that'd be a, probably a, Nice little time potentially. Yeah, because the inflation's um, going with, up, with the current and, craziness and the rates. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, again, real, real estate, estate like hedges, a final buying decision. Based but on that, but real estate but
0: hedges at least, inflation at a certain level. Well, what
2: you know, so like if you look and you're just saying like, how do I be the guy that's, you know, not locking in seven and a quarter on this chart when obviously you know, hey, some people are locking in closer to six. Right. Yeah. There, there, there's some. There is some indicators that you can look at out there to 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 help you understand a little bit where it's going, headed? and in I don't know. I hear you. If somebody doesn't want to get too too deep in the weeds, I don't know. Give give me a call. Yeah. I love just looking at this stuff. So yeah,
0: you could geek out about that all day long. Yeah. Um, If you keep scrolling, it's developments and what's happening right now. Thanks to McCray Hepler. Shout out to McCray and Eagle Gate for putting this list together. So he emails this to me and I just drop it right back on the website. It just tells you all the different stuff that's opening. It's focused mainly around uh, small businesses and and eateries, things like that. So you want to stay in the know. Um, follow McCray Hepler for sure. Mm-hmm. What else should we talk about guys well, in the real estate market? If I'm a be- buyer, you should, we should be serious about buying right now. I don't think there's any reason why to wait. Okay. If I'm a seller, be patient. Um, make sure you're pricing it right at the beginning. Mm-hmm. It should sell in the first 30 days. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's not selling in the first 30 days, make some price to cha- uh, You have to make some price change because that's the only way you get a new, new demand, uh, group through but you don't have to make huge jumps. We're talking 1% at the most at a time. Probably. I think you could make bigger jumps if you're eager to really move it. But I think you get, it's dangerous because you kind of pull some negotiating power out of the way. If you're showing your cards too early.
1: Yeah. I think a price drop, I mean, from a buyer's perspective, you see a huge price drop and it's like, well, what's wrong with the house?
0: Well, you know? but like Weaver, he's tested that out a couple of times and he's definitely hit the market where he's made Matt. Like he goes high yeah. first yeah. for a couple, you know, it was like a couple of weeks, I think I maybe know. 20 days. And then I've seen him do like $75,000 drops on $400,000 properties. And then properties sell it
1: for 50 grand more than what drop And then the drop sell was.
0: it for 50 grand more. Yeah. yeah. So it seems like that strategy has, has worked, but most of them have been like kind of distressed sales. Like sellers like, Hey, I really need this to move y- quickly. Y-
1: yeah. Or a smaller home in a, you know, in an area that might not be. Is desirable, yeah, as other,
0: a fixer know. upper or something? Mm-hmm. Something that's a yeah. little bit off normal. However, I think the dynamics of the market are probably going to ring true, whether it's a fixer upper, mm-hmm. uh, you know, somebody that's a little bit more um less worried about the biggest price, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But I think if you get make a big drop, a big drop out of the gate, if you're already comfortable with that, you might drive some some attention to it right out of the gate yeah. too. Yeah. But be patient. Anything else, guys? Crack check. Crack, crack shack, shack is open. that on there opens
1: what? may 24th oh may 24th the only reason i know is because i've been there
2: twice
0: twice <laughs> it hasn't been open <laughs>
2: I, I drove up one time i was like gosh
0: dang it dang it i
1: know uh, express chicken too on sunset oh yeah just open
2: yeah. hey isn't there a, there's a chicken place going in where the uh, old arby's uh, was over by the mall isn't there that's what i heard I, is it chicken place yeah it's a chicken place uh yeah, you can never have too much dirty chicken. birds saw, or something i saw or? a comment
1: on on uh on facebook that says we don't need any more chicken spots here and it's like you can never have too much chicken what are these
2: people thinking? Uh, as you long get, as it's not a Chick fil A.
0: Chick-fil-A? Shots fired. Shots fired. There's no. I like Chick-fil-A. I mean, yeah, I mean if, shout out to Dem McDonald if he's Chick-fil-A, watching. Chick-fil-A
2: I get Chick fil A sometimes if I'm sitting in my office and I'm like really just feeling I'm like, yeah, you know, I think uh, some wonder bread with no flavor and mild seasoning, maybe peanut butter would be it. And I'm like, Yeah, I'll run across the street to Chick-fil-A. More, more shots fired.
1: I can't disagree. I mean I, you you can get you I
2: disagree. disagree. Chick Fil A is delicious. I want fries that <laughs> taste like laundry. <laughs> I, you gotta,
1: you gotta eat the fri- <laughs> You gotta eat the fries in about fifteen seconds of receiving
2: them, or they'll get cold. And it's yeah. That anyway, is true. That's uh,
1: true. Viva Chicken, Super Chick. Oh, delicious Viva, Viva Chicken so is good.
2: awesome, man. Viva Chicken is. Yeah. I, I actually, I ran into somebody down in Scottsdale that uh, um, I, um, I was talking, and I always invite. people, I love when people come by. You know, come through town. I, grab some food with them on their way through or whatever. Right. So I always tell, so I'm down at this conference. I'm telling people like, they're like, Oh, St. George, Utah, you know, Utah's cool. What's it like? or Whatever. And I was like, come on, come on out. Like, there's so much to do. If you like hiking, I live right outside Zion national park. It's beautiful. Especially if you live, you know, somewhere cold in the winter, come, you know, come through town in the winter. And, uh, this guy goes, we, every time we drive through, we always stop in St. George. And I'm like, yeah, I'd love to, love to take you out. I'll take you out to a local spot for lunch or something. He's like, no, we only go to Viva Chicken when we stop, when we come through town. <laughs> like
0: <laughs> my, my clients coming from Michigan. It's good. They were told because they had a Viva Chicken out there or somebody else. It was like a friend of theirs was like, they have a Viva Chicken there. You got to go there. And, uh, it didn't disappoint. Oh yeah. It didn't disappoint. It, it is delicious. It, yeah. it
2: was, it was the one restaurant that we ate at when we came to visit St. George in 2015. Peruvian, right? Uh, it's Peruvian yeah, chicken. Yeah. Per- Peruvian chicken. It was the one restaurant my wife and I ate at. We came here for our first anniversary, came down here. We ate at Viva Chicken. And we, that's what we always said. And, and remembered wow. about St. George was like, oh, Viva Chicken, that, that place down in St. George was so good that we ate mm-hmm. at. And then when we had the opportunity, that was like one of the things we're like, Let's move to St. George. I hit that chicken place. <laughs>
0: Moved to St. George for the chicken mm-hmm. place. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I don't, uh, no one's watching anymore. I don't think, I think that we, everybody's left the room. You never know. You never know. You never know. I'm about to leave the room. Got yeah. stuff to do. What
2: else are you doing? I got, I got, a, I got some research to do. I got to do some rebalancing, reallocation. I'm working on the lease for that, uh, new office. Oh yeah, 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 got yeah, that yeah, going yeah, yeah. Um,
0: yeah, stuff's moving and shaking. Can't wait to get into a, another office. I hate moving offices dude It's my least favorite thing Ironically maybe back to the same one We'll see I know we're back where it all began <laughs> Seems the tables we'll have see. turned Ah yes Maybe not I'll just work from my truck like I normally do It is my favorite office The truck It's a nice truck Uh, Let's a- sign out guys Over and out We're uh, Rob, Jeff, and Brandon Bye The fourth. 435- Bye Is that our sign off?
1: Why not?